Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Brother, I want to talk about how God works and how the Trinity is and how we can embody that through love and grace. So let us read again uh, Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to see to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has, given, has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. One, one thing to note here is that when the 11, the, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Uh, the, the writer here is not speaking of a certain geographical description. See, uh, often when we read the Bible, we, uh, we think about location, 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 what it literally translates to, what it literally means. I want us to, as we begin to think about this passage and about the Trinity, to think about how and what Jesus intended the disciples to be in the right state of mind. He told them to go to the mountain. Now, the mountain signifies something great. The mountains has this, this great power about it, a revelatory power. As we read the Bibles, we, we, we know of various narratives that happened in the mountain setting. One of them is when God revealed His glory to Moses. The other thing happened was when, when God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses. It happened at Sinai, the mountain. It is said that Jesus taught the Beatitudes the mountain. And of course, how can we forget when Peter and John and James witnessed the transfiguration that took place in the mountain? So I want us to have a feeling, feeling of anticipation that something great was about to happen when Jesus told them to meet him at the mountain. Scripture also says that when they gathered and they saw Jesus, that some worshipped him, but some doubted. I think it's funny, or perhaps a little bit, a little bit humorous, that 
when you encounter the risen Christ in all his glory, of course, the default setting, well, at least for me, would be to worship him. And yet some doubt it. Now, the, 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 the Greek root for doubt is not sort of this, um, I don't believe you kind of doubt, but it's more of an internal conflict kind of doubt. It is us to say, I see it with my own eyes, and I believe, yet I just help me, Lord, in my own belief. There are great events that happen in our lives that we have absolutely no explanation for other than it's by God's power. So the doubt that Scripture tells us is it's a conflict where it is so hard to, to comprehend what is happening. You believe and yet doubt. And then we get to what Jesus is revealing to the disciples. The Great Commission. We, we preach about this. We often pray about this. That we will be infilled with the Holy Spirit. That we will go out and teach and baptize to everyone, all nations. And, and the word for nation here has the root for of ethnicity, meaning all ethnicities, everyone. And the reason why this passage was um, set for today as Trinity Sunday is because here we have the setting of the Trinity, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Paraguay, when I was a young child, a young boy, we would climb up trees, and there was a lot of trees. In particular, my mom had a beautiful tree that she loved and she took care of, and it was a guava tree. And boy, if you ever tried guava fruit, it is amazing. And we would often try to climb it, me and my older brother, and we will often get injured because we'll fall. <laughs> Climbing trees was a great activity of mine when I was younger. I am not so good at it now. One of the things that you see, especially if you go in other countries, you'll see that they will paint the trunk of the trees white to make it more, uh, more, more beautiful, more stand out. During the summer, summer times when you go to the streets in Paraguay, you will see um, mango fruits just fall on the streets and bountiful, bountiful of mango fruits on the street and the cows will come in and they will just eat it up. There was a, there was a particular tree that I loved um, to climb close to my school uh, and, and the fruit is called nispedal. And, and, the, and, and the tree was big and thick and the, the branches stood out and it was strong and I would often go up there and just eat as much fruit and just sleep on the, 
on the tree. I often struggle with the right analogy for describing the Trinity. In fact, I was, uh, I was reading one of the commentaries, and it speaks of St. Augustine. St. Augustine had a simple illustration for the Trinity. He gave the example of a tree. Well, you see, the root of the tree is wood. The trunk of the tree is wood. The branches are wood. One wood, one substance, but three different entities. Could you imagine... Could you imagine if there was no Trinity and we only baptize in the name of the Father? Then it would deny the very work and person of Christ and the ongoing activity of the Spirit. So it would not be a complete picture of who God really is. And what if we baptize only in the name of Jesus? That would miss the person of God, the Father Almighty the maker of heaven and earth. And it also miss the Holy Spirit, the ongoing presence of God with us today. And what if we only baptize in the name of the Holy Spirit? We would be missing the awesomeness and creative power of God the Father and the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. Oftentimes it's hard to capture what the Trinity really is, but in simple words, it is relational. Just as the relation between the Father and Son, as it is with the Holy Spirit. The Father and Son, well, there was and always will be Mutual, self-given. See, the unity within God is a unity of love, which is not swallowed up and annihilated, but established. God's power is not self-preserving, it is not self-possessive, nor is it coercive. Rather, it is self-given. Think about that. We worship a God of all understanding and of all power, and He is the Trinity. He is love itself. His power is not self-preserving, nor is it self-possessive, rather it is self-given. And one thing to, to know about how we as creatures created in God's image must follow and be like Christ and be little bearers of that God-like image. In our life, 
we must know that life itself does not rest on our own power and on our own understanding. Rather, life rests on His power to preserve it. It rests in God's willingness to sustain it. And there's a beautiful invitation for us to partake in Him. One of the verses that just stood out to me as I contemplated today's passage is that in, in John chapter 15 where it says perfectly, Jesus said this to His disciples, Remain in Me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, but it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. There's that relational quality of the Trinity there. Jesus also said this, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. Oh God, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a branch that is not sustained by God. But Jesus also said this in the same chapter. He said this to his disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. And as I think about this, I think about our lives, the cycle of life which is you are born into this world and soon you are to go to God's glory. We are His creation. We are molded in dust and breathed upon. And because we bear God's image, we are called upon a relational and creative life with God. I want us to think about truly what it is to be like Christ and to embody the Trinity in our lives. And I will encourage you to listen to God's whispers in your heart when you see someone suffering when you see much need in this broken world, and there is a lot. But also listen to his whispering when someone mistreats you, when someone accuses you. Listen to those of opposing views. Perhaps they may have a different political belief character that is not aligned with Christ. 
listen to God's whisper in your heart of how it is to be and to have and to give grace and love just as the Father abides with the Son and the Son in the Father, we are also to abide in Christ. In our walk, in our journey, to be more like Christ, to incarnate the Trinity and what all that means is this. To love. To agape. For to love God is to love one another. And to be in right relation with God is to be in right relation with one another. And I want us to take this as we exit the walls of this building and to share a little of God to the world. This is not easy. In fact, it is very hard. In fact, I would even say it is impossible. It is impossible if God does not abide in your heart. But know this. As Jesus teaches his disciples and as, as he is about to ascend to the Father, he says this to them. The Great Commission, right? To baptize and to teach and to obey everything that Jesus had commanded them, what Jesus is commanding us to do. And he says this, a, a sort of farewell as he leaves. He says this, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. If you ever felt alone, if you ever felt hopeless, just think about those who need Christ in their lives. Yet we know the truth that we are loved and that we are not alone for he says, surely I am with you and not just now and not just in three days, not just next week, not just every Sunday, always, always I am with you. And not just always. It seems like Jesus, as he's leaving his disciples, he wants to really hone in into the point that always means 
to the very end of the age. Let us pray. O Heavenly Father, glorify your name. You are awesome. Father, I pray that you will you will speak into our hearts and that you will shape us. We are mere dust. Apart from your breath, we are nothing. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will make wonders through us. May you abide in our lives completely. And may we know and know certainly that you are with us always, always, to the very end of the age. There is a broken world. We need you. This world needs you. Pray for the light to shine upon the world. People's lives to see and to feel the hope in Jesus Christ. Go with us. May your grace prevail. I pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and know that God is with you always. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.